Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Swap Talk presented by Bomb, Chevy, and Buick in Clinton, Illinois. And get this, you buy a truck from there, you get a lifetime subscription to Flow Racing. Pretty badass deal. I got the message the other day. We sold three in the last two weeks. So people are uh, earning their uh, free Flow subscription by going to Bomb, Chevy, and Buick. They're a good sponsor for the show. And joining us today is the man at Florida Speedway, not named Josh Rice, but the other guy, Josh <laughs> King. Josh, there's no pressure at all this weekend, is there? None whatsoever. Easy week. Oh yeah, I mean, I've uh, I haven't done a whole lot yet. It's just uh, just kind of relax and enjoy it, and just show up on Saturday and wear the track like everybody thinks you do. Yep, for sure. Seventy-five uh, k. To win, making it the richest payday in Florence history, I believe. About time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we've been 50 for a long time. And I re I, I'm old enough in the sport to remember when 50,000 win was a big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of got to the point where it's like every other week, it's like, oh, another 50. Great. And I mean, that's kind of why we jumped this year. It was it, it, just seeing the writing on the wall with everything going on else in the sport. It's, you kind of, as a bigger show, you kind of got to hold your spot in the pecking order, and um, it uh, it was a it was kind of a jump this year, or fall into the pack, and and uh, so we sat down over the winter and did the math and said, well, it's another, it's only another sixty grand. Let's go ahead and do it. Heck yeah, that's why I like to see promoters putting uh, back to the drivers. The fans are going to love it after calculating the numbers. So we got a new format this year. So explain to me, like I'm 12 years old, how the format's going to be. Uh, basically, it's similar to the World 100 format that everybody's kind of familiar with. They're going to race Thursday night. They're going to, we're going to split the field. Half the field's going to run one set of heats, B-mains, feature. The other half's going to run another you know, set of heats, B-mains, and feature. Uh, they'll accumulate points that night. They'll do the same thing Friday, split the field. Two sets of heats, two sets of B's features. And at the end of the night, Friday night, you add them all together and we'll use those points to line up heats on Saturday. And from then on, it's just, you know, straight up racing heats. Your top guys from the heats go to the feature and, and everybody, and you race for 100 laps. Wasn't it less stressful when we just qualified on Friday and we were done by like 10 p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the glory days. The glory days. The two day 10,000 to win shows. Um, yeah, that's uh, those were those, I mean, looking back now, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. That's how we used to do it. But I mean, things were very different than as far as the numbers and gate prices and what you could what you could do. I mean, it took two days to pay a ten thousand win purse back then. Now, I mean, a ten thousand win purse. I mean, hell, that's about a weekly show anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be a lot simpler to do that. But just where the cost of everything is, you just can't do that anymore. My favorite thing around this time, especially like a couple weeks before you did it last week, is post pictures of your guys' big freezer saying the first load's here. <laughs> Florence, Kentucky, they like to have a good time over there at your uh, racetrack. So I'm going to ask you, do you have enough booze, beer, or are we going to have to make a quick run into Cincinnati to get more? I will do it for you if need be. God, I hope not. I hope we run out like Thursday. That'd be great. <laughs> but now, actually, I got another delivery. It's it's one of those I might end up cutting this short if it shows up early. But um, um, I got another delivery coming today. It's uh, 
we we have a good party crowd, um, and that's 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 what that's what makes these big races the big races. I mean, at least on the fan side, is not necessarily the party, but the the atmosphere, the experience. You know, camping out, or if you're in a hotel, that's great too. It's just it, it's the whole overall experience, and you know, people like to drink, and that's that's a uh, that's a big part of it. And you got to take care of what the fans want. Do you ever get goot? Like you're speaking of your crowd, they get electric. I mean, every time I go there, the Eddie Carrier Jr. moment, uh, 2010 with Jimmy Owens past uh, Earl Pearson. Do you ever get goosebumps sitting there watching those final laps and you feel that crowd getting more and more electric and they're cheering for their favorite drivers? Are you kind of like, hey, I've been in this for so long, it doesn't really affect me because I go to races all the time and I still get goosebumps there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there's there's so many times been in the tower where it's just all of a sudden you can see you can see what the race is building to, and it's all you start getting hyped and hyped. Next thing you know, you're jumping up and down. And I mean, with Lucas here now, it's it's a little different. I don't have to actually call the race, so I can I can be a little bit of a fan in that moment. Um, when you're calling a race, you kind of got to keep it a little bit more, you know, keep low key. And, you know, you kind of got to keep kind of keep your wits to you, but. I mean, it's kind of like last year. I mean, the Latham, I mean, with Josh Wright winning his first big one, I mean, it went crazy in that tower. I mean, you saw the fans went nuts. I mean, it was it was that way in the tower, too. I mean, to see a local do that. And, I mean, but still, I mean, you 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 have that, you know, you you've, these guys have raced here 95 laps, and you could see it getting tighter. It's like the um, the year that uh, the first year McCready won, and here, you know, Pierce is coming, and Scott's there, and all of a sudden they're throwing sliders between each other. And it's it, it it gets crazy, and I mean, yeah, absolutely. To this day, you get a good race going. I get excited as anybody. All right, just me and you talking one on one. Be honest. What of uh, all these classic finishes you've had at Florence? It seems like it always happens after lap ninety. We'll have James Essex remind the crowd. He says this will be like the eighth race since like you know lap ninety. What one sticks out to you the most? Because there's been a lot of good memories there. I did a pump up video this week going through them all. There's been a lot of vintage moments. Yeah, I mean, the Mars one sticks out to me, the last lap deal. Um, that one really has always stuck out to me because that was one of the first really last-minute ones. But as far as just overall and last, the, the, the three-way between Scott, McCready, and Pierce to me is just always, that one's going to be always uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, I think afterwards, Scott, like, said something. You can only win at this track now on the top. We have to beat the bang, the boards. <laughs> I remember you saying that to Rigsby. That, uh, then, like, a couple other guys, like Madden and uh, Brandon Overton, and then they have to beat the boards. So we kind of proved them wrong there. But that was an all-time quote by Bloomquist. So are we going to have somebody win from the top this weekend? <laughs> it was, I mean, that's the crazy thing is since then, nobody has won running the cushion. I mean, between Weiss and then Madden and then even yeah. the second time McCready won and last year with Overton, I mean, they've been running the middle, uh, middle to low of the track. And, I mean, it's with it's hard when doing track prep, getting a cushion the first day is easy. This, there's, no, there's no trick to that. But as it goes on with the clay we have, it's yeah. harder and harder to do that without just losing too much material on the racetrack. And you risk getting it rough. Um, obviously, I need some cushion up there because if without that, I – you worry about early on it getting sucked to the bottom and just going and losing the racetrack. Um, but can a hundred lapper be one in the cushion here? I still say can be done. It's just just the way things are, and especially with who's you know who's fast right now. It's I mean I don't want to say it's not going to be one on the cushion, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Have you already wrote the check out to Josh Rice? Because he's like pretty much been dialed in there. <laughs> well, the problem the problem is 
the problem is it's the north south 100 yeah um, josh is south um, 30. josh is <laughs> yes josh is a beast for about 50 60 laps um he has definitely got some tire management issues and he's aware of this I and mean, we we've discussed it I've, I've told him he needs to have somebody shoot right front about lap 50 out have him go change it then it's gonna get ugly but it's i mean it, it, until he i mean he is very fast on a cushion on a short run but you know a 100 lap race like latham i mean thornton was already starting to run him down so if that had been a 100 lap race, likely he don't win that race i mean now that doesn't mean he can't you know make some adjustments saturday and you know conserve tires but if he goes all out like he normally does it's going to be hard for him to win it i mean right now i mean <laughs> between davenport and madden man those, those are some beasts out there right now and you know mccready's really good here i mean he has a win here i mean he's the only guy that's beat josh rice here this year um <laughs> uh so it's a uh it's it, i don't want to say josh can't win but man he's gonna he's gonna have to change his change what he's doing to win a hundred lap race here so here's what we'll do. Perfect scenario. We'll have McCready, Overton, and Madden, JD. They're all running the middle bottom. Then we have Sheppy, Pierce, and Josh Rice. So you have seven guys all in their lines. That'll be a perfect scenario for you, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> you want you want an eight wide for the for the checker. You know, that's what you want. I mean, it's it's it, that's the classic finish. But no, I mean, there it's. You definitely have a mix of guys who in the their preferred lines. I mean, a guy like Davenport, hell, he can run all over the track. Madden's going to run the middle. He's going to run the bottom. Overton, same deal. McCready, he can run just about anywhere, but he's more likely to be on the low end of the track. But you do have Rice. You do have Pierce. You do have Sheppy. Those guys that all can get up there and beat the boards. And, you know, conditions just hit just right, and that cushion's there. And, you know, it changes everything. Yeah, for sure. So I always defend, and Rigsby does too, Fairbury has the greatest fans. Like, they're rowdy, they're rambunctious. But Florence, I will say this to my grave, they're right up there, if not better than Fairbury. I think has just as good as vibe. I think has a better vibe than Eldora because everybody's just right there. Why are the fans in that Cincinnati area so passionate? They get loud. They have a good time. They're cheering, hooting, hollering. Why is that, you think? I mean – I mean, me and Rigsby have had this discussion too, and it's just a, I think just years and years of just big time late model racing here and training them and they, they come here and they have a certain expectation and they know they can have a good time and they know they're going to see a good race and, you know, that they feed off each other. And I mean, big crowds, I mean, you get a big crowd together and you start getting a good race and they, they everybody feeds on each other and everybody starts standing up and why here more than anywhere else? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I I hear these rumors about Fairbury, but I think it's you know I, I think it's just talk. Um, <laughs> had to give you a little dig there, um, but no, I mean why why it works? Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't get to go sit in the stands with the fans anymore. Um, it's been quite a while since I had time to do that, but uh, no, it's great to see though. I mean, especially you know when you get like situation like rice when he went in the latham and, and pulling up on the back stretch and getting out on, on the roof of the car before he goes to victory lane man the fans eat that stuff up and it's great it's great and that's that's why we do this i mean without the fans you know this this we're, we're done the sport's done we're you know watching go-karts or some other stuff where you know you, you, you don't have to have fans to do it we have to have the fans and that's it's great to see 
See, I feel like you personally, as uh, you know, promoter slash owner of a racetrack, you do a hell of a job. I'll say that. You added, you know, finally the scoreboard so Rigsby can be happy and see where everybody's positioned. <laughs> stuff like that. You made the track completely wider, and I think the racing ever since then has been phenomenal, pound for pound, compared to the old times. You know, the place looks nice all the time. You really work your ass off because this track means so much to you, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, this is, I grew up here. This is my livelihood. It's my future. I mean, I, I didn't win the, didn't win the Mega Millions, so I got to keep doing it. But it's a, uh, it, I hate to say, I hate to call it a passion. I hate using that term, but it's, you, you, you have to have a certain pride to it. You have to have certain goals to it. And there's so much more I want to do with the place, but, you know, there's limitations. I mean, I, everything costs money. And, yeah, we do well in this race. We don't get the 30,000 people that everybody thinks we do. Um, the crowds are, <laughs> actual numbers are much smaller than that. Um, so it's, it's 30, just, you have to be smart beer. about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a 30,000 empty <laughs> beer cans when the weekend's over, maybe. But, but no, it's, you gotta, you, you gotta be smart about it. And you see so many tracks that these, and series and all and everything else where they go huge. And then, you know, two years later, they're burnt out because they broke themselves. And we've taken a long-term approach and just, you know, it's like last year we, or well, I guess it was, yeah, 2020, 2021, we, you know, built a whole new backstretch building. I mean, we spent a quarter million dollars on that. And that was yeah. a, that was kind of a, a pucker up moment when deciding to do that. But it's one of those things you change, you have to make to keep moving forward in this. And yeah, it's, I mean, and I've got plans already looking for next year. It's just a matter of where we're sitting at the end of the year, what we can budget, what we can't. When you, uh, redid that racetrack to make it wider. And you guys did the first double heats and it like turned out pretty being damn good. You had guys coming from the last to get in first. And I feel like the racing's awesome. Just what that decision to do that. That was a, that was a good one. Like, cause I think you can just throw those sliders. Now it doesn't take too long to pass somebody like it did in the old days. It's, it, it's been a good, good decision. Don't you think? Yeah. No, I mean, there was a transition somewhere in that, that, you know, that five year period with the race cars, Used to you could you know you could race three wide on a narrow black slick track and with the arrow and the suspension and everything else on these cars it changed and just looking at what tracks were putting on good races and what we had it, 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 we were narrow and that was a uh, that was part of the problem we were having and there was a transition there you know where I started taking over just actually track prep and just some of the the goals we were going for and just seeing what was happening when the track slicked off and. I mean, it was just, you know, around the bottom of the feet or the heats, and then you had to do some tricks to get them to move up. And, I mean, there was some great racing in that era, don't get me wrong, but making that change was, uh, it was necessary. It just, it had to be done. And in the way that year the North-South worked out 2014, I mean, with the way the passing points, the heats, everything worked out, and then Carrier, you know, pulling out the last <laughs> 10 laps of that feature. I mean, that was just the the amount of emotion in that victory lane was that that is one of the most emotional victory lanes I've ever seen in my life here. Um, just all across the board, everybody. And it, it's it was a relief. And, and I mean, been making tweaks ever since some right, some wrong. And but I, it's you're right. I mean, widening the track out and just changing, changing the philosophy of the track made a huge difference. Be honest with me. How uh, what is your mood, demeanor? When you're up in that press box and they're doing the four wide and you're like, okay, we got a hundred laps of this. Like, how are you feeling during that point? <laughs> I usually kneel down, say a prayer and say, don't rubber, don't rubber, don't rubber. <laughs> uh, usually, I mean, that's it's, like this. 
you have Rigsby like this, like, hey, we did it again. We got a hundred more laps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I mean at that point because once you're getting ready to go, I mean, yes, it's electric, but it's at that point everything's out of your hands. You've done everything you could do, and I I mean, really at that point, you're already on next year. And the most important thing in there is putting a good race on for the fans so that, you know, they all want to go out and buy their tickets as soon as they can for the following year. So at that point, it's just, you're right, it's it's very, it's an electric moment, but it's just hoping for a good race. And then my favorite part is when we always park in Vendor Row there and we're walking out after the press box and I always see you and your wife, Jennifer, me and Riggs, we'll come talk to you. We're at the concession stand and you guys are kind of just, unwind you're like oh, another year in the book just how like because i've talked to like matt curl and you know like seen rogers like when he was at eldor like you can just feel like a sense of like accomplishment we got it done and it's a pretty good it has to be a pretty good feeling i feel it's it is and i mean it's and, I, and this is not a fair comparison at all but i used to i used to want to compare it to like having a baby you spend nine months or 10 months or 12 months preparing for something and then it's done and it's there's actually a huge letdown. It's a it's almost like a postpartum depression type deal. Like I said, it's, I know it's not the same, but it's just you go from the, the, the all this emotion and adrenaline to just now what do I got to do because it's over, and it's like it's it there's a there's a relief, but it's also a it's a it's a huge emotional letdown. Not letdown, I guess. Say it's you're coming down off a high. So with the state of our sport. We have all these big money races. You even kind of said it. We have a 50 grand every week. Obviously, the drivers love it. The fans are going to love it. I have never asked a promoter, how are you feeling with the state of the sport with, you know, a 10 grand doesn't really mean anything anymore. You got, And at the end of the same time, you got to still make money on those races. It's kind of like a double-edged sword, good for the drivers. But how does a promoter feel about that? I mean, it's, it's, it's changed our entire business philosophy. I mean, we've had the drop late models weekly. Um, we started seeing it in 2020 um last year it got worse and so we just we were drawing like you know eight late models on a weekly show and it's just you, you can't run a 2000 win race anymore there's i mean now i know there's tracks doing it but with a track like us we can't do it and even a 5000 win you're you're not getting a whole lot more than your your regular guys you would have got it you know back in the day for a 2000 win and a, a 10,000 win not much different and we've had i mean we've changed our philosophy and We've, we've hit some things on our business model that has worked really well. Um, honestly, I've got some weekly shows, just some things we're doing on cheap nights and stuff where I'm, I'm out drawing some of them, like my, my, my Spring 50. It's not, I mean, my Spring 50 and my Latham are not even in my top three or four biggest crowds of the year this year. And it's just things we've had to change because the big time label stuff has got so expensive. These cars are just ridiculously out of hand. And obviously on a track level, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I, I, you can't, you can't pay the purses you would have to pay to, for them to support these cars even more than once or twice a year, probably on a single track. Um, so I don't know where the sport's headed in that regard, but even looking at next year, as far as what we're going to do, I mean, fives and tens, man, they're scary because tens, tens don't have a lot of effect anymore. You almost have to have a Lucas or an Outlaws or something like that to sanction it to, get the few driver name drivers left to, to come. Um, and then that's what you need to pull the fans in because you don't want to give them a show that they feel like they're ripped off because you still got to charge a big gate to get in to, to pay those, to pay those purses. So it's a, um, 
it's definitely a transition period in our sport, and it's scary. From a guy that's been here forever where, I mean, I remember the first time Dad said we should pay 50000 win back, you know, the end of 2002, going to three. It's like, whoa, can we even, can we even do this? And it, it, it was very, I mean, and I, we're still nervous about it. I mean, it was probably 15 years before we ever got comfortable to the point where, yeah, we got this, this isn't a big deal anymore. Well, now it's, I mean, like I said, it's not, I mean, across the sport, a 50,000 win race isn't that big of a deal anymore. So, I mean, moving forward, I don't know where it's going to go, but you're right, the 10s, the 5s, all those, you know, even, I mean, even 15s and stuff, they're, they're not that big of a deal anymore. And it's, it's a scary spot to be in when you have so much invested in a racetrack that depends on big crowds and, you know, drawing, I mean, at least in our case, late miles to it. So, I mean, it's a, it's a nerve-wracking situation, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I feel like at least what I'm seeing is like you can still pull off a five or ten like a certain time of the year. Like if it's your opening night race in that area, you yeah. can do that a late race if like drivers are still out there and it's good weather. But other than that, like during the summer, it gets definitely lost in the shuffle. Yeah, my my philosophy on scheduling always been I always I always had one of the last schedules to go out. I would wait till everybody puts their schedules out. And I, uh, same thing with this year. I would look at Brownstown, look at Eldora, look at you know Portsmouth. Richmond, Cumberland. I would look at all the tracks around me, and I would see, okay, this is what they're doing this week. Okay, there's a hole here. This is a good week to do a special. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a 5,000 in the middle of July. And, I mean, it, it did fairly well, but, you know, most of the tracks in the area were off that night or not, or at least not running late models. So yeah. that's kind of how, that's kind of how you, a year and a half to schedule. Running a 5,000 to win against a 10 or a 5, you know, two hours away, this ain't going to cut it anymore. Yeah, for sure. Um, what would you say was like the coming out party for the North South? Like in terms of the history, obviously you've been around it pretty much your whole life. So what's been like, what was like a defining moment you think growing up or that like caught your eyes? Like, okay, we have something here. I mean, I think going to 50,000 win was really the the point where it really kind of jumped up in the, the public perception. Um, leading up to that, we'd had, we'd, we were trying, that was back in the Habitat of the Stars days, and we were trying to get a co-sanctioned deal, and at the point, that time, they weren't really interested, and we had the win, 2001 um, was the year it rained out, and then that's when the whole UDTRA and all that, and that, that whole saga that someday Rigsby's going to write a memoir on, which will be fun, <laughs> but um, that, that'll, uh, that, and that's when the dirty does it and they scheduled against the North South and it was, it was, a, it was kind of one of those, well, what are we going to do to put our foot in the ground, foot in the ground and say, we're, you know, we're not just going to just fade into fade out of the limelight or whatever we're going to say. And that's where the, you know, the 50,000 win came from. And from then, I mean, crowds just have increased and increased. And I mean, we, I mean, we're at a point now where we're kind of max capacity, but um, I think that was kind of the turning point where it really started going uphill. Yeah, so 2003, I'm looking at the history. Dan Schleeper won. 2002 was the last year that you guys didn't move up. I had 55 cars. Then that first year you have it, you had 63 cars. Or was there, like, any concern, like, oh, man, we only got eight more cars. Why are we doing this? Or are we always just worried about, okay, we just need to get more fans there? No, nah, I mean. Because then the next year, then car- 2004, you had 92 of them. So then the cars came. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, – it's, it's, it, it's, <laughs> 
I think the yeah the first year I think they the, they were scheduled against us like in North Carolina or Pennsylvania or something like that. And then the next year they didn't schedule against us, and that really you know jumped the car count. Um, back then, car count mattered a lot more than it does now. Um, now, I, I mean, as long as I got a good race and a full field, I'm not really worried about. I mean, I, I don't know that I want 80 cars. Um, I want good cars. I want I want I want the best field possible, but. I want a good show for the fans, but back then, yeah, car count mattered, and it's, you're right. I mean, not having the, 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 you know, not having a huge jump, it's a concern, but it ended up working out. So, um, yeah, I don't. I, thinking back, I don't recall us freaking out about it, but you know, you're right. I mean, with like with it not going to the nineteenth the next year, it's just like okay, we got it, we're good. Couple few things here to finish off. My favorite years of the North South 100 was 2008 and 2016 and 1999. Do you know why? Uh, let's see here. 2000 or 99 would have been the uh, Bob Pierce year. Darren Miller was eight, and what was the other year? 17? No, uh, that was uh, 16. 16 years. So all the Illinois guys winning. Yes, that's my favorite. Those are my favorite three years there. We, we uh, the Yankees put back the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean the North versus South thing is kind of faded off a little bit just because I mean some of the um, I don't say political things in the world, but just just the situation we live in today. But yeah, that was always fun back then to say uh, who's going to win. Is it going to be the North? Is it going to be the South? Yeah, um, Brad always. But got yeah, you, up you, you, yeah. That was Brad was really good at that as far as the getting down there on the track and getting the, the two sides out of each other's throats. And it was it was it was fun. I always remember that. All right. Two more things. Why did you why did people at North South and Florence Speedway hate Billy Moyer? You guys can come clean here. <laughs> I think it's I think some of it is and I, I don't I don't I don't know where the hate Billy Moyer from is from, but I it's for a long time, Billy didn't come here. I mean, and it's back, but, but it's tried transitioning back to those days where racers were regional racers, and it always seemed like every year we were against Cedar Lake or against Batesville. The North South was, so he was at one of those two races. Um, so I would say that's probably a lot of it. Um, it's just he he didn't, he didn't race here a whole lot. So you, you, I'm sure you guys get that at fall. Some guys that don't race there for whatever their reason is, the fans probably turn against him. <laughs> No, I love it. Uh, his first year ever there was 1999, so he skipped a few. I didn't know you guys raced against Cedar Lake. What were you guys thinking there promoting? <laughs> well, back then it was. Yeah, I know. I, I know. mean, it's like 97 hours away from us. Nobody knows yeah. it exists down here. Now, I mean, but that's, and that's, and that's, at that point, I mean, there were like 10, 15,000 to win races. They weren't, which was a big deal yeah. back then. But it yeah. it wasn't like now where you have to draw from the entire country. You could survive on a fifteen thousand win race as a super regional, which is what we really were. Is you know we would we would pull all, all the cars from you know and the fans from you know probably Illinois East and they pull everything from Illinois West. And it was just at some point we finally realized, hey, for this to really work out, we're going to have to get off and be top top of each other. And it was you know coin flip on who went to what date, but um, finally did get all settled out, I guess. How cool is it though now that you guys are on different weekends? So you have, you know, Silver Dollar Nationals, Fairbury, Cedar Lake, you guys, Batesville, and then they go up to I think up to Port Royal now. 
that's pretty damn yep. cool that you get all those races in a row. So, like, as a fan or me as a, you know, media, you're like, this is pretty sweet. You, like, have a level of concern, like, well, this guy's not going to be here because he was racing the previous two weeks. Or is that, like, really whatever? It doesn't matter. Well, we, we I mean, I've got to the point where I don't worry about it anymore. At one point, yeah. the with the outlaw schedule especially, they leave, you know, they leave this area, like, in end of June, and they don't come back to like Cedar Lake. So, them guys have been on the road for a month straight. So yeah. most of those guys are not coming, and and I understand, I get it. It's fine. I mean, they they need a break. I mean, and for years, like um, I know some like some of the guys that are big guys that you'd expect. It's just like, yeah, we come, but man, you know, we got to go back and rebuild our cars and motors and freshen stuff up. And it's it's like we're points races. We got to do this, and um, so but it, I don't know. There's so much racing now. Honestly, yeah. I mean, hell, whether there two more big races this week with leading into, I mean, I, I, it's still a concern, but I, I think all the guys that are legit got a shot to win are going to be here. And at the end of the day, that's 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 what the fans want to see. How much did you pay Mark Richards to run Lucas this year so he could be at your race? <laughs> oh, hell. Apparently not enough. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's – I that <sighs> – I, I need to sit down and talk to Mark because I, apparently there's been bad blood and I wasn't even aware of it. Um, so wow. I don't know. Fix this for you guys. You're going to be the media. You, you could be the. No, that's not on my end. That's just what I heard. So I don't know if it's true. Uh, or not. Like I said, I need to sit down and put, We need to get that water to the bridge. But I mean, it's a. Uh, but it's it's a. Uh, I'm glad to see they're back. I mean, it, it, things are kind of working, trending up for Lucas now. And it's. That's where I think that's where that team needed to be. I mean, if you're going to be, especially where just the money races are and all that, it just makes sense. I mean, nothing against outlaws. It's just, I mean, they don't have the races that Lucas does. Um, yeah. It's, it's a they they. There's definitely a, there's definitely a need for two national series. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, for a top top team like the Rocket team, I mean, you got to go where the money's at. Yeah, and it's definitely an attractive car to have at your race. Final thing is, I got a text message during this interview, and Mike Norris, the February announcer, said, thanks for agreeing <laughs> at PRI. So just a little story about that, that you thought it was Stevie Norris. Because somebody came up and said, hey, it was Steve Norris. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to buy Billy Moyer into a north-south trip, and I, I end up buying a Fairbury announcer and drink. What the hell, man? And I don't think he still came down here. Oh, no, Mike Norris, he's a bum. Uh, but that was funny. You're like, well, hey, we're going to try to get Billy Moyer to the North South. I'll buy Stevie a drink. Turns out it was Mike Norris uh, in the uh, in the grass getting a free drink. That was an all-timer there at uh, Cadillac Ranch, I believe, RIP. Yep, the Cadillac. Somebody needs to open that place back up. PRI you know, well, ain't the same without it. Yes, we need Cadillac Ranch. Well, Josh, I know you're a busy man. You probably uh, haven't slept here the last week, but you're – Creeping up on the big event, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it'll be on Flow Racing. But go to the race because it is an all-time fun environment. And Josh will gladly say standing room only to you if you get there late. So, Josh, good luck this weekend. Yeah, I, uh, just looking at the seating chart, it's it's going to be crowded. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll, I'll get, your, get your tickets today before it's too late. 